With Hashem's assistance, we learn Kedushin Daf Samachay. We begin towards the bottom of Samach Dalar Amabayz, page 64b, with Abaye's statement, the last two words of the third to last line. Amar Abaye. Abaye says, The argument that we had in the Mishnah in regards to where you have two sets of daughters, and you said the oldest one, and we say that according to Rabbi Meir, so you mean, since it's not clear what you mean, so all of the older ones are included, the older set, and also the older one of the younger group is also included. The only one that's excluded is the youngest of the young ones. Whereas Rabbi Yossi holds, no, they're all permitted except for the oldest. So that's talking about, it's talking about two separate sets. If you have one set of girls, everyone agrees that when he says the oldest one, he means the literally the oldest one. The youngest one means the literally the youngest one. And if there's a middle girl, so he'll call her explicitly by her name, and therefore she's not included in the suffix. And we don't mean in one group, when you say the older one, you don't mean the middle one who's older than the youngest one. That's not true. Only in the case where you have two separate groups, because there you could mean that, let's say, the middle girl of the older group is older than the younger group, all the girls in the younger group. If that's the case, onto the top of Samachem Ahmed Aleph, 65a. What about the middle girl of the younger group? So she should be permitted according to the logic that we just said, because it should be no different than where you have one group. So my answer is, what are we dealing with here? In the younger group, there's only an older one and a younger one. And it actually makes sense that that's the case. Dem Isa, because if there would be a middle girl, the Ika, that she was there, listening up, let it say the halach in regards to that middle girl. Sigmar says, wait, according to your own reasoning, what about the middle girl of the older set? It's certainly a doubt, because when we say the older one, it could mean the middle girl who is older than any of the younger group. Right? And it's forbidden. But does it say? Meaning, it should have said the case of the middle girl, so we shouldn't make a mistake and think that even in two separate groups, that the middle girl is going to be permitted. So it should have said that. So the Gemara answers, Hachi Hashta, what is going on here? Hasam Tana Katana Dida Isurahu, Kishishamina. So it's not necessary by the older group to say the middle girl, because if the younger one, who is the youngest of the older group, is still called an older girl because she's older than the younger group, so certainly the middle one of the older group is considered an older one in regards to the younger group. So that's not necessary to say. But over here, by our case, which is meaning the, the second group, the younger group, so if there was a middle girl, it should have been stated explicitly because we can't figure out what the halacha would be. What about the story in the case of Pesach, where you said, Ad Pesach, until the face of Pesach. It's similar to a case where you have one group, right? Because it could mean, when he says, until the face of Pesach, it could, it could mean, till the beginning, till one of the days in the middle, or it could mean, till the end. So, Upligi, I never let they argue there. So that would imply that Abayi's statement is in fact wrong. So the Gemara answers, he answers, Hasam Belishna Da'am in regards to Pene Pesach, they're arguing about what the words themselves mean, not in regards to Abaya's statement. What does this mean? Let's see. 
What is one holds that what does it mean when we say until the face of Pesach? Ad kame pischa till the beginning of Pesach. Umar sover. Another one holds ad the mifni pischa. When it says lashon of penei, it's a lashon of mifni. Mifni means to go out until Pesach goes out, and that's what they're arguing about. But it has nothing to do with a bias statement. Masisin would begin the mishnah. A man who says to a woman, "I married you." She says, "No. What are you talking about? I'm not married to you. Never heard of you before." Who asked So his statement is enough to make him forbidden to marry his her sisters. However, she's permitted to marry her brother, his brothers. Let's say she says, uh, "You married me," but he says, "No, I didn't marry you." So he's permitted to uh, marry her sisters. But because of her admission, she's not allowed to be to be married or get married to her to his brothers. Let's say a man says to a woman, "I married you," and she says, "No, you didn't marry me. You actually married my daughter." So he's forbidden to marry anything that becomes forbidden because he's considered married to her, meaning her sisters. And the woman herself is permitted to any relatives that he has. He's permitted to the relatives of the of the child, of the little girl. And the little girl is permitted because the statement that the mother made is not worth anything. Let's say he says, I married your daughter. And she says, no, you married me. Who So he's forbidden in any relatives of the little girl, meaning any sisters of the little girl. The daughter, there's nothing that's become forbidden because of his statement. He's permitted to the relatives of the older woman. But the, the woman herself, the mother, is forbidden to any of his relatives because of her admission. Now we begin the Gemara. Man says to a woman, I married you, etc. We need all these cases, meaning the first first case and the second case. The Yashmin and Gabedi Day, if I would have taught it only in regards to him, Mishim the Gavr So why is he not believed? Meaning, why isn't he believed in regards to the woman? To make the woman forbidden, because he he would say something like this because he doesn't care. Umikri, and it would happen that he would say this. Omar, he would say, "Aval ihi," but she, "Ema ilav de kimla bedibura lehavas amra." But if she says it, there's no reason that she would say it unless it's really true. Why? Because if she says that she's married to him, so it's going to create all kinds of yisurim, all kinds of forbidden nature. She's not going to be able to marry anyone in the entire world. She's going to need to get from him, which is going to run into problems as we're going to see in the Gomorrahs later on. So that being the case, so perhaps she should be believed even in regards to him, and he should be forbidden to marry any of her relatives, and, she should, and he should be considered married to her. So that's what's going to teach us that no, she's only believed in regards to herself, and she can't affect someone else with that statement. I married her, and she says, etc. What do we need this additional case where she responds and says, No, you married my daughter. We needed to teach you the following. So from the Torah, so a father is believed to say that his daughter is married. So maybe from the rabbis they said that, that even she is believed to say that her daughter is married. And therefore the daughter should become forbidden from the rabbis. And therefore it would be problematic for her. It's coming to teach us that no, the mother has absolutely no nemonis, she's not believed at all in regards to her daughter. Now the Gemara continues, Kidashi is bitcha v'chule. Uh, I married your daughter, etc. And she responds and says, No, you married me. What do we need this case for? The Gemara answers, I did the ton ha, ton nami ha. Once we have a case right away where he says, I married you, woman. And she says, No, you married my daughter. So we see the flip case as well. But really, there's no chiddush in this case. There's no novelty in this case. Itmar, we learned that a memory. Rav Amar Koifin, Ushmul Amar Mavakshin. Rav says, We force 
meaning we force him to give a get, and Shmuel says, no, we ask to give a get. That's the first understanding of the Gemara. Ahaya. On which case is this going? Ilema Aresha. If it's going on the first case, meaning in the case where he said, I married you, and she says, no, you didn't marry me. Love There's no forcing and there's no requesting. As far as she's concerned, she's not considered married to him, so we don't need to get for her. Just because he said something, he said, I married her. We don't believe her. We don't believe him, as far as she's concerned. Ella Asefa. Must be going on the second case, where he says, I didn't marry you, and she says, no, you married me. So there, so she's forbidden, so she needs some kind of get. So Bishlam of action. We understand in regards to the fact that we request him to give a get. It's very good. How can we force him to give a get? As soon as he gives a get, so he shows that indeed she had been married to him, and therefore it will create a circumstance where he's forbidden to marry her sister, which he doesn't want, may or may not want to do. Rather, these two statements, Rav and Shmuel, were actually said in conjunction, not as an argument. And it goes as follows. Omar Shmuel. Shmuel says, We request him, we ask him, please give a divorce document so that this woman can be freed and she can marry someone else. Omar Rav. Rav says, if the man went and he gave the, he was willing to give the get on his own, he was willing to divorce her, so that shows from the fact that he was willing to give it on his own and create circumstances which are problematic for himself, that it shows that he really was married to her, and he was just saying that in order to bother her. So then we force him, based on the fact that we now know that he was married to her, we force him to give a ksufa, to give her the money that he owes her rightfully, being that he was married to her. Itmar Nam, we have another statement like this. Amrav Achabar Ada Amarav. Rav Achabar Ada says in the name of Rav. There are those who say that it was said in the name of Rav Hamnuna in the name of Rav. You force him and you request of him. Tarti, we do both. How do we do both? This is what we mean. We request of him to give a get. And if he gave it on his own, then we force him to give a ksuva, meaning to give the money of the ksuva. The Gemara continues. Some of Yehuda, Yehuda says, "Someone gets married, and there's only one witness there. We don't consider this at all any kind of kedushin. The marriage is absolutely invalid." They ask the following question from Yehuda: "What's going to be if both of them admit, meaning both the man and the woman say that in fact they got married? Will it work or not?" In sometimes he said yes, sometimes he said no. And it wasn't, he didn't really have the sugi clear. He didn't have a proper answer for this question. Itmar. We learned in a memory. Amar of Nachman, Amar Shmuel, of Nachman said in the name of Shmuel, If there's only one witness there, it's not considered a good kedushin. The marriage is invalid. And Shmuel said explicitly, even if they both admit, meaning both the man and the woman admit that indeed they got married, it's not considered good. Rabbi asked the following question from Rav Nachman. We have the Mishnah. A man says, to a woman, I married you. She says, no, you didn't marry me. So he's forbidden to her relatives, but she's not. She's not forbidden to his relatives. If there were witnesses there, so then why is she permitted to his relatives? If there were no witnesses there, then why is the man forbidden from her relatives? So what's the in-between case? The in-between case would be our case, which was where you have one witness. So, and what do we see? We see that, in fact, there is some value to that one witness. My answer is, what's the case? 
The man says, I married you in front of so-and-so and so-and-so. But they're not around to testify to the fact that we got married. So according to his claim, in fact, he got married completely with two witnesses. And that's why he's considered forbidden to her relatives. Aceve, I'll ask you a different question. Let's say somebody divorces his wife. And she slept with him in a hotel. Beishamai says, we do not require a second get. Meaning that they're not considered that they got remarried. Beishamai says, no. We do indeed require a second get because it's considered that they got remarried. What's the case? If there were witnesses, then why does Beishamai say that they're not considered married? And if there were no witnesses, why is Beishil requiring a second get? It must be there was some in-between case. That's what they're arguing about because it's only one, one witness. So the Gemara says, wait, according to your reasoning, what does it say in the end? Everyone agrees that if they got divorced from Eresimia, they hadn't completed more than the first stage of marriage originally, and then they were seen together going into the hotel. So they're not considered married. They're not considered married at all because he doesn't have, he doesn't feel lighthearted around her. He's not so interested in her. And if the cases where we have one witness and one witness is believed, so what's the difference we're talking about Arison or from Nisuin? Whether or not he completed the, the the whether the original marriage was completed or not doesn't make any difference. You have one witness that says that in fact it works if, if that's what that's all it takes. So that should make no difference. What's the case? That we have witnesses that they were alone together, but we don't have any witnesses that they actually had relations. Shami holds Le Amrin and we don't say we turn to Samachem Abe's sixty five bay. B. We don't say just because they saw her go in and go in alone with a man that is considered that we know for sure that they had relations. So Basil Savri, Basil also holds no. They hold that in fact, if you see, if you have two witnesses that say they were alone together, that's enough to, for us to be able to assume that in fact they had relations and therefore they're considered married. And everyone agrees that if we're talking about a case where they got divorced and they hadn't completed more than the first stage of marriage and their first marriage, that in such a case we can't assume that in fact the fact that they were alone together means that they had relations with him. Only Bagaspa. He doesn't have the type of relationship with her where he likes her already. The son of Shmuel Barmatzah said as follows: In the name of Rav, someone gets married with one witness, we are not concerned with such a marriage. Even if both of them agree, meaning that both the man and the woman say that they got married. Rabbi Baravuna says as follows. If someone gets married with one witness, so the great Bezdin says that we don't care about such a marriage, it's not considered valid at all. Who's considered the great Bezdin, the great court? Rav. It's referring to Rav. Those who say, that Rav Baravuna said in the name of Rav, that Rav said that if someone gets married with one witness, so the great Bezdin said, we do not consider their marriage at all. So in this version, who is this great court that we're talking about? Rebbe, it's the court of Rebbe. Masiv Rav Achdevoy Barami. Rav Achdevoy Barami asked the following question. Two people come from outside of Israel. And there's a woman along with them. And there's a package that's, uh, that's with them. So we have the circumstance here. You have two men, one woman, and a package. One of the men says, 
Zu ishti, vize avdi, vizu chavilasi. This is my wife, this is my slave, and this is my package. Vize omer, the other guy says, no. Zu ishti, this is my wife. Vize avdi, and this guy is my slave. Vizu chavilasi, and this is my package. And what's the woman saying? These guys are not my husband. These, these are both my slaves. This package is mine. So what do we do in such a case? So we need her to receive a get from each of these two men. And she takes the money of her ksuva, meaning whatever money a woman normally gets from a ksuva, from that package. So this way, no matter what, if the package is hers, so she gets at least part of her package. If it really belongs to them, and so one of them is going to be the real owner of the package, and one of them is really the, the, the husband. So they have to give from her from their package. So either way, she can get part of the package, and she's free to marry whoever she wants after that. What's the case? If there are witnesses to the original marriage, each one of them has witnesses that say that in fact it's his or he got married, each of the people who might be a slave. So could she have any statement? How could she say anything if there are two witnesses to either of their statements? That, how could she say that these are my two slaves? And the package is mine. They're, this guy's witnesses. But rather, must be talking about that each one has a single witness. So like, the question is, wait. So, they have one witness saying one thing and another witness saying another thing and they're contradicting each other. Are either of them believed? Rather, in order for it to be permitted to the whole world, so everyone agrees that the shari that she's permitted. And this is what we mean. Why does she need a get? She doesn't need a get. She's really permitted because there's only one witness. If she wants to take the chavila, if she wants to take that package, so she'll need to get a get from each of them and they have to give it on their own, proving that they in fact really believe that they're married to her. And then and only then will she be able to collect the money from the ksuva. Just a word of explanation that in the Havamina, the first stage of the Gemara, so we thought that in fact, as long as you have one witness, it's going to be enough for her to be considered married to each of them, or for, for us to have a chashash, for us to be concerned that perhaps she's married to them. Now, it proved not like our statement, that it proved that in fact, if you have one, it's enough. So what we're saying is no, the fact is that you do have one, and in fact, it's not enough. Now, the only reason that she needs to get a get is only if she wants to be able to collect from the Chavila. And the Gemara continues, to the Amr who says, that movable objects are indeed encumbered. To a my Haviyala. What do we have on this? Rav Kahana Amar in Chayshish in the Kedusha. Rav Kahana says we do not uh, take heed. We don't consider this Kedusha at all. Rav Papa Amar Chayshish in the Kedusha. Rav Papa says no, we do. Amar Le Rav Ashi, Rav Kahana. So Rav Ashi turns to Rav Kahana and says as follows: My Daitich, why do you hold this way? Why do you hold that one is not enough? The office Davar Davar Mimamun, because you learn out the word Davar. It says over here the word Davar, and it says in regards to money matters, Davar. Just like over there, so if a person himself says he admits to something, it's considered like a hundred witnesses. So here too, it should be considered enough if the, the man or the woman is admitting, or both of them actually are admitting that they, they're, they're married. No, it's different over there when, when someone is admitting that he owes money. So that doesn't affect anyone else's pocketbook as far as someone else having to shell out money of their own. But over here, when I admit, so I'm going to affect other people as well because I'm going to create isurim on other people that wouldn't have been there if not for that fact. So therefore, I can't just be believed. We can't learn it out from there so simply. The Gemara continues. Marzuchaverav Adasava Bene Deravmari Bar Isur Polignichsaiwahaliadodi. 
Marzutra and Rav Ada Sava, the, the children of Rav Mari Bar, Bar Isser, were splitting up the inheritance amongst themselves. Also, they came in front of Rav, of Rav Ashi and asked him the following, Amr Leh. They said as follows, The verse says that you have to have two witnesses in general. Is the reason why we require that so that people will not be able to back out and we know each other, we really trust each other deeply and genuinely and we're not going to back out. Or perhaps the reason why we need two witnesses is the only way for a matter to take effect is only with witnesses. The witnesses create the efficacy of the matter. So what's the understanding? So he responded and said, The only reason that we need witnesses are only for liars. So really, they're not, the witnesses are not something that are actually taking, that causing the matter to take effect. Amar Abai, Abai says like this, Amar Le'edachad, if let's say a single witness told him, that he ate something which was non-kosher, and the person doesn't respond, he's quiet. Ne'aman, he's believed. V'tanatuna, we have another Brayse that seems to imply the same idea. Amar Le'edachad, let's say a single witness says to him that he ate something which was not kosher, and the other one says, I did not eat potter. So he doesn't have to bring a korban, he doesn't have to bring a sacrifice, he hasn't done anything wrong. It's only because he said, he said, I did not do that. But if he's quiet, so then the single witness is indeed believed. So it's the same type of thing, same concept from the from the second price. So Amar Abayi says, Let's say a single witness comes and says that your pure things became impure. The other guy is quiet. Now he's believed. We have another price that says the same thing. Oimer nitmu, you have a single witness saying that it became impure. And the person says, no, it didn't become impure. So, so he's tahor, or the things are tahor, it's pure still. It's only because he responded and said, no, he denied it. If he was quiet, Mohammed. So then the single witness will be believed. So we're going to continue with these cases, Bezos Hashem, in the next daily daf.